0: Welcome to VidFriends Podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. This show is a very special show with a few men from the Vitiligo community. had Perry and Scott to join me. Now, as you know, with technology, we always have issues. So I did not get a chance to finish the conversation with them, but... They managed to wrap things up at the end for me, and I greatly appreciate it, and I wanted to take the time out to say thank you to Scott and Perry for doing so. I had a power outage, and it kicked me off the podcast, but you know what? It did not take away from the conversation, so I greatly appreciate the men coming on to share our opinions and our voices and our journeys about living with Viniligo. So sit back and enjoy this conversation with myself, Perry, and Scott. Welcome to Living Life in Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. So today I have a very special show with a few men in front of the vitiligo community. And this show is important because we are going to talk about the impact of vitiligo on our lives. You know, we're going to talk about maybe some of the challenges. We're going to talk about some of the positive aspects of living with vitiligo. So on my show today, I have Scott Walters. Greetings, Scott. Hi there. And I have Perry Welly. Greeting, Perry. How are you, sir?
1: How's everybody doing?
0: Good, good. So, for our listeners, I wanted to have this conversation because, as men, sometimes we're not at the table when the discussions are being had. Uh, when we have meetings, you might find <laughs> two or three men. Um, but this gives us an opportunity to actually talk and share, and to get our feelings and thoughts out. <laughs> So the first topic we're gonna we're gonna talk about, uh, let's start with Perry. Perry, just share share with our listeners when did your Vidal start?
1: Uh well mine started when I was about 20, 25, About twenty-five years old. Okay, so about twenty-five
0: and you're in your what how old are you now or age range? Uh, I'll be fifty seven this year. Fifty seven? Okay. So for quite some time then. Let's yes. say twenty plus yes. years. Yes. And Scott, same question to you, sir. Okay. I, I
2: probably started when I was in my mid forties. Okay. A little bit later awesome. on. And um yeah. in my early sixties now.
0: Okay. So about the same, about 20 years and the same thing for myself. I started um, when I was about 26 my vitiligo and I'm now 49. So I, I always say 20 plus. That's kind of interesting. All three of us it, it started later in life, twenties. Yes. Um, so so let's talk about this as men. Um, our thoughts on treatments because I know there are a lot of treatments, or there have been a lot of treatments out there. But I I want to get a sense of how do y'all feel about the treatments that you have either taken
1: or know that are on the market. Well, for me, um, uh, I the treatment. At the time when I started, there was just uh, they decided just to try makeup first. Um, they did uh, suntan suntanning lotion uh, and stuff like that. No major treatment like sun rays or anything like that. But for me, it was really simple because it was just a small spot. So I really right. it really wasn't a big thing to be fearful of at that point in time.
0: Okay, sounds interesting. Scott? Uh
2: I, I started out with uh, with topicals. Uh, just some creams that were being prescribed, right? Uh, you know, they they would recommend other type of laser, light box treatments and stuff, but um, you know that it seemed like it was going to be too difficult a regimen for me to keep. Uh, right,
0: absolutely, and, and you know, I myself I used the topical cream, and, and I've said it before on my podcast, it was like putting on lotion. that was it (laughs) after and after um after about a year or so like i saw no change and so i kind of felt like it's useless and i'm paying all this money um i can't even remember how much it cost back then but paying money for this medication that's not working it's not doing anything for me i was offered the same thing about like the laser treatment the light box therapy it was something else and i said no i i'm i'm good because my mindset is, I don't, I don't want a treatment. You know, if you can cure my vitiligo, yes, I'll, I'll take a cure. But I don't want a treatment because a treatment just means you're finding something new to treat the symptoms, but they come back. And and then I often question, how long do I have to take this treatment, and how is it going to affect me in the long run? All
2: right, and I, I also was feeling it the that- and again, at the time I was starting that, I was still very anxious, apprehensive uh, with the vitiligo, but I was, I was also very frustrated because here you are putting on cream on a particular spotted area. You wake up the next day and not only is that spot still there, there's a new friend next to it. So I Absolutely. sort of got a feeling like this was sort of like a whack-a-mole game and you were trying to get one place and something else would show up.
0: You know, Scott, I'm glad you said that because I, I felt the same way where I'm putting, I'm using the cream. You know, yeah, I said it's like lotion, but it it didn't do anything. I saw more spread on my hands, more spread on my, my legs where I was using it as well. And it kind of felt like you're giving me something, but it's not a guarantee, you know. Um, you're hoping, and I'm saying this from from the doctor's point of view, you hope this might work for the patient. We're guessing it may work. It may have worked for somebody else, but it, it's not going to work for everybody. And I wish at the time it would have been given to me like that. Just say it may not work for you. And um, I did go to another doctor. And he said, "Don't, don't use the cream."
2: Right, because there's are steroids as well. I think. Yeah, it's a steroid based. But the, yeah, I, I think the doctor's probably, I mean, this is just my my view um, that I, I felt that the, especially at the initial diagnosis where you're really not sure what's going on with your body you're not in control of your body and and the doctors really didn't approach any type of discussion to address that that uncertainty that we were going through at the time absolutely
0: oh anything you want to add perry well no i think
1: probably for me with my vitiligo my situation probably was one that was very unorthodox, you know, and I'm gonna share this. And um I was incarcerated when, when mine started. Right. I was 24 years old at that point in time. I uh, actually did 10 years in prison. And from the 24 years old to my very existence, no one had seen me in the world. Right, right. So I was a car salesman prior to that. So I was in college and all those things, got into a little trouble and it resorted to that. And I thought it was the water. Hmm. So I filed the lawsuit, went to the Supreme Court. Wow. About the vitiligo, but they gave me adequate medical attention. They took me to the dermatologist. They, um, uh, back then um, they were given a lot of treatment up, had the topical creams and all those kind of things. And they had, by law, they had to send me out to those places to do the tanning boxes and all that kind of stuff. And it turned me, sometimes to turn you orange. Right, right. You know, so, uh, and, and then after they gave me the makeup, I even tried the makeup. And I was like, let me try it, put it in the spot. And right. that didn't work. And I was like, you know what? N- nobody where I was at cared anyway. You know what I mean? So over the 10-year period, my fear was going back to society. Because right. I, no one had, Ever saw me with vitiligo? Right, absolutely.
0: Hey, hey, Perry, uh, let's talk about that real quick. That's one of the bullet points I wanted to mention. uh Makeup, and um, and I've known a couple of men that wear makeup, and and I was sitting in a meeting not too long ago, and the comment was made, "Men don't wear makeup," and I'm yeah. um, I was like, "No, that's not true. We have men that wear makeup to cover their vitiligo spots." Yeah. You know, as a gentleman at my church, I didn't know he had vitiligo. Never knew it. My my parents told me because he wore makeup to cover it. You know, so men do wear makeup. Um, what can you share about that
1: experience? Well, it's, it's, but, you know, it takes time to apply. Right. You know, and for us, for men, most men that I know, they don't have the patience to sit in front of a mirror to, add on to the little spot. And then the makeup that I had, they kind of thought they had it kind of blended with my skin. It was derma blend, but it was not a match. And then it was, it it just, I I just wasn't comfortable with, not because it was makeup, but it was just the process. And now you got it on your neck. And so so now it's so many different things. And I was like, nah, I'm just going to, I'm going to fight this out right I'm gonna
2: right. find it out okay I, I I did I also did um, start with some type of makeup and uh, and my wife wasn't hearing any of my complaints you know she was <laughs> <laughs> the, you know I'm, I'm, the the female species has no sympathy as far as the makeup just because of society and their expectation of them to be wearing makeup right but um, but I'm also uh, you know i I wear I wear collar button you know button down shirts. So, uh, you know, my first experience, you know, take, you know, was having it and had a client and I was at a warehouse, which the air conditioning wasn't working. And next thing, you know, oh. <laughs> I got makeup on my collar. <laughs> Don't tell my wife it's my, but, right, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that, that was just a, a really strange experience and what I ended up, you know, so, um, so I, I, through trying so many different products, I did find something that works that doesn't smear that I really call it more of a camouflage. It is a type of um, tanning uh, um, right. cream or not even cream. It's, it, it is a liquid um, that, that really was um, designed uh, specifically for vitiligo. Okay. Um, and so I find that, uh, you know, that my sensitive or or conscious parts is, is around my neck and my, and my cheeks and right, that, and, right. and it's, and so, so, you know, obviously with, you know, with the hands, sorry, I'll, you know, you've got to wash your hands and that'll wear off. Absolutely. And, 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 and so even though that's that, um, that topical is supposed to last three days, you know, we shave. And so with the exfoliation right. every morning, it's just part of my routine to, you know,
0: Absolutely. I was offered, um, the, the makeup if I wanted to for my hands and it, it, like you said, it didn't make sense. I, I work in the environment. I work with kids. I'm going to wash my hands. So whatever's on my hands, I'm going to wash it right off, you know? Yeah. And then if I applied it, that's what I'm washing it all five minutes later. Cause I work with kids and you're constantly washing your hands. So, and I have, and people that know me, I have some around my mouth and I'm not going to put makeup around my mouth because now it's going to get in my mouth. Cause it's like right, right in my corners, you know? So it, it's some of those things where, you know, we have options, but is always realistic for us. And, and talking from a man point of view, you know, it, it's not realistic. And the type of work you do, as you're saying, you're in a warehouse, you're going to sweat. So that means you're going to sweat off whatever makeup you have. Um, it, But I I, I am going to say, but I think it depends on your work environment, what you do, how that makeup, you know, works for somebody who may, may be in an office area and they they're fine with that, you know. Right. I mean, you
2: got to feel comfortable in your own skin, however yes. a little bit. Yeah. people look. I mean, we're, you know, we're 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 all sporting some sort of facial hair, whether right, that's right, direct right. form of camouflage, or you know, right.
0: take the, and that's take funny. the eyes off of another piece. Right. You know, it could be. It's just it's just part of our being. One of the things I did, um, I always had a goatee in college, you know, after college, you know, and I decided to cut it off one day. Bad move. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I had somebody call me out because she asked me what was wrong with my mouth. And I'm thinking there's nothing wrong with my mouth, you know, but I knew what she was saying. She was talking about the vitiligo because when I when I shave, it's very noticeable. Um, and And it looks like, as we used to say back when we were young, somebody has a white mouth, looks like I was eating donuts and looks like the donut powder. But it, it's like, no, it's my skin. And luckily, I can hide some of it with my facial hair. Um, I have a little spot underneath my chin. You don't see it often because I, I have facial hair. But when you shave, these things become more noticeable. Um, I used to have spots in my head, but they went away. But what it did after it went away, my hair is thin in certain spots. like come on (laughs) you know um but but let's talk about that real quick just i guess the vanity aspect of being a man and having vitiligo um because i I, i've been in so many different circles of conversations that one comment that was made was that well men don't think about how they look oh yeah like seriously (laughs) yes we do (laughs) you know yeah. That, maybe, we don't,
2: all... maybe we don't spend 20 minutes in the mirror before, but <laughs>
0: right. But,
1: but but yeah, we, we get we, haircuts. We
0: still,
1: yeah, yeah we, we shave. We, we, we want to look good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the vanity part, Mark, and the vanity part really is a is a really big issue because I believe that if you do have a, I'm gonna use the terminology, an unattractive vitiligo look, right? Mm. Because we, in some instances. People's vitiligo is different. Correll right, K- right. made me... Re- he reminded me of this. He said um, when he had his vitiligo and it was blotchy, right. it drew attention. And now that you don't have it, I'm, re- I'm fair skinned it now, people right. don't even look at me as if I'm vitiligo. They're like, they're like you're just a light-skinned guy. The light-skinned brother, or, yeah. Or, or mm-hmm. either you're a white guy. You right. know what I mean? And um, so... The vanity part of it is, we must stay. If if it's if it if we believe it's unattractive, we really have to stay groomed in in, in our right. own thing to, right. to, to to highlight some of the greater parts of it. Because people people visualize if they see everything. Each and every one of you have like right now. I'm looking at your mustache your, your, in right, your beard. Right. I'm looking at his mustache. <laughs> I'm looking at your beard and your goatee, and it's very visible now since you made it. I I don't even see the vitiligo. I see the right right so vanity is important to men and for those who said though even if you're in construction why go home and take a shower and get yourself together for your wife or or your girlfriend why do that when you can just stay dirty
0: right right because we we do want to be presentable men we 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 comb our hair we brush our hair you know We'll get in the mirror and fix our mustache a beard and make sure, oh, there's a little hair right there. Let me let me trim that one up. You know, we right. do those things. Because right. uh, we want to look nice for our spouses or our, our mates or whoever, or just being out in public, you know. And like you said, we have vitiligo. Maybe we, we still want to look presentable to the world with or without our spots. You know, we still want to be presentable. Any thoughts on that, Scott?
2: Yeah, I mean, we just need to... You know again without the tick the uh, the tag phrases or cliches of just feeling comfortable in our own skin but really that's what we're trying to do is try yeah. to we don't want it to define us but it's a part of us yeah absolutely. so we're not is so that we're not going to live in denial and just mask it and you know it's it's definitely defining or it's changed i can only speak personally it certainly changed my personality how i look at myself right. and how i look at others absolutely you know, not that I was ever a vain guy, but the, I'm sure some people might have thought I was, but obviously when this changes, you change yeah, and right. your lifestyle changes. Yes. You know, I, you know, I, I live in South Florida, sun is hot, right. sun <laughs> <Right>. burns <laughs> <Right. laughs> and it doesn't take long for non-pigmented skin to get really red. <laughs> really burning, really right. Absolutely. And right, so exactly. it's a whole,
0: it changes your lifestyle or how you approach your life. Yeah, absolutely. Let, let's talk about that. Um, you know, knowing the impact of a bit of on our lives, um, emotionally, as men, I, I think the world looks as a, at us like you can't feel anything. You don't have emotions. You know, you can't feel depressed. You can't feel sorry. You can't feel sadness, any of that. And and you know, Vitiligo is one of those things it will make you question a lot about life, yourself. And as men, and I I want our listeners to know, we have feelings. We do, you know, no matter how gruff and tough we may present ourselves on the outside, in the inside, you know, this vitiligo thing has impacted us in many different ways. You know, yes, their days. You know, and I, and I still have a day or two when I I may sit in the car and go, man, I wish I didn't have vitiligo. You know, I, I want to be able to maneuver to the world feeling, I guess, normal like everybody else. But then I had to step step back and go, well, I may be dealing with vitiligo, or somebody else is dealing with something else. You know, um, but vitiligo emotionally hurt me for a long time um, until, and I say twenty nineteen. So going back to almost about 20 years of dealing with this thing <laughs> in silence.
2: Or, well, you're saying silence, but it's more like quiet desperation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, absolutely. <laughs> it's,
2: yeah, I, it, because, you know, we, we, we're concerned. We're concerned of, sure. you know, for ourselves. We're concerned for our family and circle of influence. Um, you know, I have, I have children and that, you know, at the time I broke out with vitiligo, you know, when you're trying to learn about it, is it hereditary? Is it, um, you know, is it, you know, is it just a, you know, an isolated instance, a product of the environment? There's so many unanswered questions that are still being. And so here I am worrying, you know, is that going to affect my kids and their, um, ability to find a soulmate and a spouse? Because they may decide to look to the family and say, well, gee, okay, they maybe they don't have a crazy uncle that they've met at a function. But you know, there's there's that dad and he's got that condition. And so maybe right, that condition right. is hereditary. Uh, and
1: and people actually view that like that. Because, you know, being honest with you, it I, I wouldn't want this for anyone. Right. Because it really is life-changing. Now men have to own it faster because we are, we are the aggressors. So meaning we most of the time have to go after the women. And if you lose any bit of your integrity or confidence or any of those things, it's going to affect you. For me, once again, I came out of prison and nobody saw me except for those people for 10 years. So when I came out, I was, I was afraid that I was going to be affected by car sales. No one was going to want to shake my hand or this and that. Um, and, and guess what, guys? In 60 to 90 days, I was in Atlanta, Georgia, a place that nobody knew me. And I had, it was very spotty at that time, you know, and I was like, god why did you this is when i questioned god why did you do me like this you know why did you do me like this and at that point i had uh i had i, I lost confidence because i would go out but i'm not talking to women like i was talking to them before. right right so i peeled back and then one of my friends said he said what excuse my language he said all these people in here, and you standing back here, no one sees this. And from that point on, I think I never turned back. And it kind of got the confidence. And then I came here working back in the car business, built my confidence back, and I was off to the races. You know, I wanted everybody to see my skin, you know? Right. So that's where I was at. Hey. Yeah.
2: it's There's a yeah. bit of a challenge, though. Because there's a school of thought that we want the medical and the pharmaceutical community to make investments and inroads in finding solutions and treatments. Right. But if, if what they're hearing is that, well, it's just cosmetic and we'll get used to it or get comfortable with it, it then why make the investment? And right, learn right. finding treatments. So it's, it's, you know, the, there's always a question, um, sort of a rhetorical question outside of the, what we're talking about here is whether, is it a disease? Is it, or is it a condition? Right, right. And, you know, because d- d- will, is there enough of a reason for the medical pharmaceutical community to find a cure? And the answer,
1: right. the answer has been no to this point. Right, right. That's why we are in the situation that we're in. Now, when I first acquired Vitiligo, I wanted to meet all of you guys, but you were nowhere to be found. Right. So at this point, the only person I had ever saw with Vitiligo was a person by... Her name was Marlene Smith. You may see her name on um, on Facebook. She's on... A, she had it all her life, so I knew what it was, but she was the only person i ever seen with it. Now... Once Villalago came into our lives, it just changed everything. It changed everything. And I don't care who you are, what you say, if this thing hits you, especially in your face, it's yeah. going to make a difference on you. Especially if you guys were anything like I was. Like he said earlier, you know, I'm not going to say I'm a, the most handsome guy in the world, but I, I had my days of <laughs> uh, 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 compliments, you know? Right, so, right. And, and and if I hadn't if I had been like when I was in college or high school, I don't think I would be on a call with you guys right now because right. I probably wouldn't have embraced it who I was because once I, I had an identity, I was popular, I was you know in the in crowd so people really didn't care about this even once it started except for right. me right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you, you know
0: I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead, Mark. No, go ahead, Scott.
2: No, I mean, I, th- I think you know, each of us have a perspective. We were, we, we had already been twenty plus years old, right, and and a level of maturity and confidence that we've built up. You know, it wasn't like we were, you know, like some others who who have it affected in their teens, where you know, back then, if you had a zit on your cheek, you thought it was the size of uh, of a quarter when it was just a pin so it uh you know so it it, it there was a, a level of maturity even though we had we still drowned in our lack of confidence yes right, of what was right, happening right. but i think we are i just i can't picture how how much work deeper into depression or introvert you know into myself i would have gone if i had gotten in when i was in my teens
1: oh man i already know i, I even as right. much confidence that i believe i have today that would have been because because i wouldn't have been able to go to the prom probably i wouldn't have that when we were growing up this vitiligo wasn't as accepted as it is today and right. that that's where we have uh Evolved and we re- and and we we've arrived because right now I promise you vitiligo is one of the hottest news thing in 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 the in the world yeah. Yeah. and people are embracing it because cancer is worse than vitiligo, right. AIDS is worse than vitiligo, and right. if that's all you are gonna give me is my skin, bring it on, right?
0: You know, I I was gonna just say. Um, I, I did struggle a bit, um, after my vitiligo developed and it wasn't immediately, it was maybe five or six years when I started to see the spot spread more. Um, it's, and it's pretty much limited to my, my hands, you know, torso, lower extremities, you know, legs and feet. But as you start to see that spread, start to see it change. It started changing me um, looking in the mirror I, from here from here I'm okay looking at my face I'm like okay I'm okay I'm okay then look at my hands I start looking at my arms and everything else it's like I'm not okay and I really <laughs> I, I really struggle um my self-esteem was shot, insecurity set in um, the only person I knew with Vitiligo at the time was Terrell. And Terrell recognized when I started developing my vitiligo, but I didn't want anybody else to recognize it because all my all my colleagues from college knew me as Mark without vitiligo. You know, the workforce is a little bit different because, you know, they, they didn't know me before that. But going back to my university for homecoming was oh, a challenge because I didn't want anybody to see me looking differently, you know, or looking different than what I looked when I left. And that was on me. And I think developing LIGO plays this head game with you, you know. It gets in here, and it's hard for you to get out of your head, like, no. If somebody likes you, and they want to be your friend, they want to be your friend because of who you are as a person, not for what you look like. But it's hard for us sometimes to get past what we look like, because the world is set up that way. We are visual, visual, Mm -hmm. visual. You know, you look on TV now, everybody's got to be a a, a 10. Everybody's got to be You know with with all the abs and everything else and you know it's just the way society sets us up um but i i think um as as perry was saying we all grew up in a time where vitiligo wasn't accepted any any condition truly wasn't accepted because we didn't understand them right Um, we made very insensitive comments about anybody who looked different act differently, walk differently, you know, or thought differently than you. But I think the kids now are so much more inclusive and they support each other that we talked about a young man or woman wanted to go to the prom and they have vitiligo. I don't think they're going to have a problem finding somebody to go with them. No, no, um, not, now, not now. And mm-hmm. even if they feel shy about it, somebody's going to approach and be like, hey, won't you come hang out with us? Won't you be with us? This is that generation. <laughs> we were not that generation. We were that generation. You look different. You stay over there. Don't talk to that person. Ill. You know they're they're dirty. They're nasty. They're ugly. You know. Um, yeah,
2: I mean, there's certain cultures yeah. where it's still, you know, absolutely yes. differently. Yeah, yes. you know, it's it. I won't say it's a caste system, but you've just gone down seven absolutely on the social ladder, and it's just it's. I mean, we we know it's wrong, but you know there's certain cultures that that just knocks you knocks you off the ladder um i didn't have any knowledge or peer group i mean when i when i went to the doctor and took one look at it and he goes oh we'll do a biopsy but he he just said you know it's vitiligo i was like bit of what he goes oh you know mj disease i was like right right (laughs) you know (laughs) so i i it's so great, you know. And again, the end, you know, this was before the internet was the uh, the, the, the the encyclopedia of the world, Absolutely. and uh, and so there was there was limited information, limited knowledge, right. and no one no one prepared us for the emotional roller coaster we were going to put ourselves on. No, and each, one, and each person has their own journey and their own timetable as to when they're okay and when they're right. not not so okay.
0: Uh-huh. Right. And and I think what's important for our men out there, and in particular, if they're listening to this podcast, uh, when, it, when it's airing, to understand it's okay to seek help. It's okay to say, I'm not okay. Because uh, I think a lot of us get into that mindset. I'm all right. I'm good. I'm okay. I'm, you know, and we're really not. Um, I wish I would have had uh, a support group or, or I had knowledge of support groups 10 years ago. I right. think my life would have been different. But I didn't know anything about support groups. There wasn't know. there wasn't yeah. there wasn't
1: there were very, very few. I um I reached out to Tyler, Texas, and there was a research center. So what they did, I was just like I was looking for something. They sent me a pamphlet and information and I was I actually I was crushed at that right. point in time because they didn't they didn't answer what I thought I needed. Right.
0: You know, yeah. It, there was a vitiligo group started many years ago and i i went on the website i signed up but i don't think it was any any follow-up um right but it was like a vitiligo community but like once i joined that was it there was no communication there was no nothing it was just i don't know i existed i can't even remember the name of the group but it was early on It, it um I would say early 2000 something. I I really can't remember exactly when. Um, But I think what we have to do is really show our men that, hey, there are other men out there and we understand what you're going through. We understand the challenges of having this condition. And it's not always easy, you know, no matter how confident you are. You have your moments when that confidence drops, you know, that those insecurities see, you know, they, they, they creep up on you.
1: Well, I got, I got a, I got to beg to difference on that one with your brother Mark right now. Vitaligo for me is a, like a superpower. And right. because, because I've already absorbed all the hurt and pain that it brought to my life. But now that the world has received it and the way we walk with it, with confidence and everything, it hasn't, um, I haven't had those challenges. Like, wow, because when I, what I, what I used it for as a man was to promote it, to, to bring awareness to it. And I wasn't right. that guy that ran from it because I had already had my trials and tribulations of seclusion and said, no more would I. So now, being how far we've come from where we come from, I don't have those insecurities about the like because it's a conversation piece at all times. It it puts us in a different space. And once you as a person embraces it, the way it's supposed to, you can control the strength and the weaknesses of your life. And at this point, I chose not to ever, ever demean myself or allow a person to make me seclude myself, you know, and, and having this brotherhood, that's what it'll do for you because right. you're going to, I'm going to walk, I'm going to help, Mark, whenever you feel note you now got two people. You got me and Scott. You can call before right, right. <laughs> talk right. you right Talking about you feel a little shy walking in somewhere. Look, and Call me <laughs> so I can walk in there with you. But, that,
0: but see, that's what we got to get because they're... Alright, so we're here. We're having this conversation. But there's somebody out there that may not want to come to the table or may not be ready to come to the table. And we have to figure out how to say, hey, my brother, we're here, open arms, come talk to us, you know. Um, and and one of the things I, I feel that we have to, to, to do is get involved in more of the discussions. When there are groups out there that are having virtual or live events, we need to be a, a part of, you know, and share and be open. Because I'm going to be honest, most most of the group events I've gone to, there haven't been a lot of men. No. Um, no, and and I, often I look around like, how do we get the men to the table? Because our our stories are important, our journeys are important, and it, we need to be heard. But we can't be heard if we're not showing up.
2: Well, they have to want to show up, or they have to feel right. comfortable showing Going up. up, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing; it's a state of mind. And 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 Perry, you know that it's that, great that you're at the stage where where you're you have nothing's phasing you right and in, and in fact it's just the opposite you're the biggest advocate of saying you know all right we you got you got the superman v on your on your on your chest there and yeah uh, I'm, look, I'm the good of li- I'm, the, I'm the good like go man of
1: action
2: <laughs> but yeah yeah
1: and i understand everybody else is but,
2: right not not everyone and 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 it Right. And it, it's a journey from yes. the time you yeah. first find out about it to the time it starts to take a toll because at some point in time you're saying, what the heck is going on with my body? Right. And, you know, you feel fine. You know, well, you know, it, it, in most cases, you know, it, you know, it, I mean, I'll say that in mo- in many cases though, those, those who have vitiligo, in a majority of cases, also have a thyroid condition. So yes, there is, right, there is, right. a, so there is a link. There is a medical yeah. link that yes. something, something, something is not right. tuned up right in our bodies. Yes. And there are other conditions that the thyroid can screw up. Yes, we're you know we're you know we're w- much worse than vitiligo. Yes, right, right, so, absolutely. But the point is that you know while everyone is saying, oh my god, how I look and how i feel about how i look there's also the brother take a deep breath have your thyroid checked by someone because there could be more to it that that could affect your body yes this is a condition that that visually looks like something's wrong but it's really not you know it's autoimmune
1: it's, right, right. it's so autoimmune auto it, exactly and exactly Perry. a lot can go on with you
0: Right. And that's what I often say, you know, we're so much more than just what we look like because, you know, this person over here could be dealing with this other condition, but all we have focused on is their vitiligo and how they look, but we're not looking at the deeper um, challenges that we deal with sometimes. Um, And and even getting our brothers to come to the table, we do have to be gentle. We got to we have to maneuver in a way because sometimes we can go, hey, come to the table, be here, I got you, and they're not ready. And right. We can scare people off because, right. you know, you know how we are as men. You you come off forceful. Ah, I'm not going to that mess. Ah, I'm going to go sit at home, watch the TV, watch the game, whatever, and then I'm going to sit here and stare out the window. I'm not going anywhere. I'm good. I don't want to go anywhere. But I think if we do it in a way where little by little we let them like, hey, you get an opportunity, why don't you come hang out? To me, let, let's go do something fun. And then let's talk vitiligo and and support. And maybe, you know, if you're seeking treatments, how is that working? But I think one one thing we forget to ask when we meet people is, how are you doing? You, you know, we talk about vitiligo. We talk about the condition. We, we talk about treatments and everything else. But talk to the person. How are you? You know, what's going on with you? Let, let that person share. And and I think with our our men, once you open that door, we'll, we'll talk. But we got to trust you first too. You know, we can't. We're not going to talk to just anybody,
2: right? Especially if 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 it's perceived, self-perceived as a weakness.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. They're not opening up. Goes um, against let, our nature. Let me talk about this part of it because I I think we kind of dance around it a lot um dating and relationships um i know perry's married and scott you're married i'm i'm divorced and and i've been on a dating scene and I've talked, to other, <laughs> I, I've talked to other people in the community uh on my podcast and, that, and my the podcast is living life in love so we do talk about relationships that and i can say there was one point point in my life where having vitiligo and dating was challenging um, because yeah, yeah. I had to look at myself with confidence, even if she was looking at me and, and into me, I had to be into me, you know, and there are times I'm thinking, oh man, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ugly. I'm this, you know, cause I'm looking at the surface, the skin, the mismatch, you know, the camouflage. Um, what, what is, what, is, uh, Scott, how long have you been married? 37 years. Wow! Awesome, awesome, thirty-seven years, and I know Perry, you, you are you still still fresh in air for this one, right? <laughs> I'm still fresh, I'm still fresh, fresh, right? Um, but has has there been any type of challenges with relationships and
1: vitiligo, Scott? I'm gonna let you go first, Scott. Okay.
2: Well, <laughs> well, as far. I mean obviously i've I've been out of the dating scene for, for right, decades right. and uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, but I could tell you just from business networking, you know uh you know the 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 holding out the hand and right, the pulling right. away um, it's it it you know and they don't want to talk about it, you okay. know. You know, next thing you know, fist pump. Okay, that's cool. That's short enough right. period of time. Um, so it it does it does affect um, you know getting to know someone. I mean, you right. you don't you don't want it to define you because we're around people. It's yeah yeah. I'm a dude with, with vitiligo. Okay, that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, that it's that it's overpowering me. You know, I'm, you know we're all people. We're all humans. You want, to, you want to be good humans you want to you know you can only hope your kids are good humans and so it's it is a part of us we can't hide from that but the uh, but as far as as um, scenes definitely it uh, you know it I've had certain conversations with people over it and Sorry. but a lot of times when they bring it up they say like uh, one of one of my partners said oh yeah my uh, my father-in-law had it and he you know i said okay so how was his coping mechanism and and he she just said oh he he was just annoyed by it
0: mm. so that's own talk. coping mechanism <laughs> right and, and that's important we all have a different way of dealing with it um even in i was saying our relationships um when not to give a lot of details but when, when i was married we had some challenges with the vitiligo because as it started to spread, it changed me. Yeah, you know, it changed how we interacted um, socially. It changed how we interacted emotionally, uh, intimately. Everything, because now I'm looking at myself. I'm, I'm not not the same person, you know. Fit in internally, I'm the same, but externally, I'm starting to look differently. I'm starting to change. And I also felt the other person change, you know, as, as we're interacting, I'm watching less touching, you know, that, like you said, sometimes being afraid to hold hands and, or not wanting to touch in public. And I feel vitiligo does one of two things to you. Either it makes you not want to be touched, or people to touch you or you touch them. Or it makes you extremely needy because you need that touch. You need that mm. that human factor. And, and I felt in my experience at that time, I felt a separation. And I was like, oh, man, you know, and, I, and that's that could be dangerous when you're dealing with somebody and you have that separation and they're going through these challenges because I found myself falling into a depression. Yeah,
2: I, I just consider myself really fortunate that uh, that my wife you know uh, it it didn't change her if right. if anything as I said i didn't i i you know she was the one who was looking into the different types of coverages and stuff like right. that you right. know she was she was trying to be proactive because <laughs> um, she knew how it, how how it was affecting me and right. she Absolutely. didn't and so she was trying to pull me up instead of you know, kicking me when I was down, but I was <laughs> Yeah, you know, so it, so I mean, for that, I just consider myself really fortunate because not everyone right. um, has that kind of support group. Um, my kids just, you know, didn't even mention it, so right. they were, you know, maybe they were afraid to thinking how I'd react to it, but uh, you know, again, my concern for them was, you know, will this, you know, uh, you know, I want them to check their thyroid. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but. Uh, but it's but it's tough. I mean, it it again. I've maybe I don't know if Perry's willing to share, but uh, you know, it, I think again, it. I think the fact that I was married at the time, and we were very settled in our relationship. We already had our kids. Absolutely. Uh, we we had already gone through an awful lot together, as 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 a married couple and a family right. unit. And so, uh, you know, not not everyone is willing to to do that. I mean, you see, right. so. We see married couples where one person happens to get sick and then instead of the support, they get divorced. Right,
1: right. Well, I will say this, man, uh, and this is really uh, encouraging: is that most of us are going to probably have gone through the same thing, some depression, um, lack of confidence. And I don't want to ever be misunderstood that this did not happen to me. It was my (laughs) own. It was my own um, internal clock that was working against me as opposed to other people. Now, right. I never, once I finally took control of my vitiligo, it allowed me to be the man that I was. You know, when I went into a room, I knew I commanded it. And I said, God, then what I said to myself, I said, when I had all my skin, I thought I was the sharpest dude in the world, and for you to and for you to take that away from me, as I thought, God, you took that away from me because I was that. I didn't let you know I was conceited like that, but I had that <laughs> thing inside of me. So then, when I got to go, like, and I started to break out of my shell, it was the most magnificent thing for me because people came to me because. They saw the confidence in which I walked because, mind you, I noticed for a fact that right now with vitiligo, when I walk into the room, I'm not the most appealing person to everybody. But when I had all my brown skin, whether I was or not, I thought I was, you know, appealing to everybody. So it's a mindset. Yeah. It's a mindset. So now with my vitiligo today, I am so grateful that. I've had a chance to talk to people who encouraged me to keep going. You know, they don't have it, but you still encouraging me. I don't see this right. But in the long run, it took me a long time to get here. So I don't ever want the guy that's sitting at home to think that I was made the vitiligo man of action. I grew into this. Right, and right. then as I grew into it, like now it's like unstoppable. And when I see people and they, and and if any, if all three of us are walking in the mall, we, none of us are going to feel like we got vitiligo because of the confidence that we're going to have from each other, you know? So that's how I feel. That's how I feel.
0: And that's, that's important. Um, in relationships, business, um, friendships, you know, um, with your colleagues and, and coworkers, you have to have that confidence. That is important. Um, and, it is how you see yourself. Now, when I when I talked about being in my moment where I struggled, I wasn't confident. You know, um, and, and she tried. She tried lifting me up. I wasn't ready, you know, because when I what I saw in the mirror, I didn't like. And um, but I think when you get to that point where you decide to live your life, right. whether you have vitiligo or not, yep. then you can wear that cape. You know yep. that 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 big V in your chest, like Perry's wearing. You know that that <laughs> kryptonite is there, but you know how to put that kryptonite to the side. Like, I know, you how I, I have decide. to live. Absolutely, yes,
1: yes, yes. Absolutely.
0: And, and and really, that's what I want to do to encourage our men out there. You know, we have to step up and step out and be confident. Um, no matter what, the world's always going to find something to try to bring you down. You yep. know, and no matter what it is, but you have to put your chest up, you know, you, you know, we, we put our chest and we beat on the chest and being proud, but it's okay to do that sometimes because mm-hmm. this world is crazy. Yep. And, and like you said, when you walk with confidence, people notice, mm-hmm. they pay attention and they, and sometimes they may say, I want to know who this person is. Why are they walking with their, you know,
1: head up and chest out? Why do And they, they and they skin look like that. Who, Right. Who is that? Who is that masked man? I want to know who he is. <laughs>
0: absolutely, absolutely, and, and and you know, and and as we talk about men and what we sometimes deal with, it, it, we're all not sitting in silence and suffering. You know, there like like Perry's out there; he's doing this thing, and and Scott and myself, and you know, we have these different platforms that we use to provide awareness, education, and support to each other um and it's it's important for the men out there to know that there are groups out there we got the Vitalago Brotherhood Alliance you know where men that came together with the purpose to support other men not an official, not an official group but we're just men coming together yep. and that's important um going back to our summit we had in Atlanta in March we came together we we had a summit you know, that was to provide support, not just for men, but for the entire community and those that love us and support us. And and that's important. We need to continue to do that, to speak life now, into each other.
1: We um, we just appreciate everybody who may hear this uh, podcast. And I know on behalf of all the Little Brotherhood Alliance that couldn't be here, they probably would have enjoyed being here. And Scott, being yeah. that this is my first time meeting you, I so, I think first time maybe, right?
2: I believe so, unless you were at one of the conferences that maybe we met made in Texas.
1: Okay. If you were in Texas, I was there. Yes. So I probably saw you there briefly or momentarily. But yes, um, I've been to every conference from the very beginning. So I've, re- I've been very in tune with this, Scott. So, okay. Well, you but know what, what I'll do, what we'll do is this, we, until next time, Scott.
2: It's a pleasure to meet you and uh, learning, learning, you know, getting to know you and learning about your story. It's been amazing and very helpful to me. And hopefully everybody else who gets a chance to listen to this, uh, that, uh, you know, that they, that they know they're not alone. Yes. And if they, and, and when they're ready to reach out and have dialogue, that we're ready to, to, uh, to share our, our, our knowledge and experience, and I won't say wisdom, but we've you know but we've walked a journey as well and we can share our, our experiences
1: alright Scott well for all those Vitiligo brothers uh, may God be with you and we will talk to you guys later peace, all right. be well. peace. Bye all right. now.
0: you have been listening to Living Life and Love with your host Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina Bit Friends Podcasts are sponsored by My Vitiligo Team You can also listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and you can also listen to this on Facebook. Once again, you've been listening to Living Life and Love with your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina.